0: We all have them. We all talk about them. But only two men have decided to make a podcast about their weekends.
1: <laughs> do you have a good Saturday? What do you do? Anything good? Um I went to <laughs> We didn't do much in the day. Two best mates. The issues are with the treatments and where researchers might. I mean, this is boring chatting at this. In an uncut chat about their weekends. I actually felt disappointed because I ordered a rubber seal for the oven door and it didn't turn up.
0: Starring Tim and
1: Gendor. Dad's getting pizza. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> big, big dad Can on campus. Hey, I didn't hey, click your fingers and go, mm. you did. <laughs> did you mean, hey kids. Dance getting pizza.
0: Tim again's weekend
1: podcast. Anything could happen. So that's the trailer for the podcast? Yeah. What do you think? American voice? Explosions? You know, do you, do you not think it's horrifically over the top? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's perfect. Cool, cool. It's done then. welcome to mixtapes with mike the podcast where i invite a guest to make us a mixtape of 10 tracks without using the same artist twice we're going to talk about each song and if you like the sound of what you hear you can listen to the mixtape in full on apple music or spotify by clicking the link in the show notes So if you're the kind of person who likes listening to two people talking about music and what it means to them, please consider subscribing and it would mean the world to me if you would take a second to leave a positive review on whatever platform you're listening on. Now, before we get started, I want to apologize for dropping this episode an entire week late. I had a rough couple of weeks, uh, feeling a bit sorry for myself, Uh, I think that's something that we've all experienced over the last year. And I will elaborate on that more in the outro if you're interested. But for now, let's talk about this week's episode. Now, this was recorded in May of 2020. So this was before I had got the tech side of this podcast dialed in. So it's not quite the same standard that you might be accustomed to if you've been listening for a while so it's a little bit rough around the edges even after a lot of tinkering with the edit to try and polish it up but i didn't want to re-record this because it's a very genuine conversation between two people who've known each other for a very long time this week's guest is one of my favorite people to talk to about music he is a very talented musician in his own right, and he is one of the worst influences you could ever hope to have on a night out. This week's guest is DJ, producer, and general knobhead, Dave Thompson. How you doing? I'm good, thanks, mate. How you coping? You know, ups and downs, plodding on as, 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 as only you can do. No full mental breakdowns yet? Have There's definitely been like periodic strops where I've just had to go, I need I need a minute. Like just, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go sit in a room on my own for a while. Yeah, I know the feeling. I had full-on man period for a couple of days
0: last week, I think. But yeah, I think these kind of things, you know, seeing senior mates and friends and family on Zoom kind of get you through it all, don't they? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Like you, don't, you don't realise how valuable it is until you're deprived of it, and then you get some version of it, some sort of interaction. Albeit digitally, and you, you feel all, all the better for it. So, I've actually, I think I've been keeping in touch with my friends more than I did
0: prior to lockdown. It's kind of crazy, and I was I was saying to my, my friends last um, on Saturday night when we had a bit of a a quiz with um, some of, some of my old schoolmates. Um, I, I don't think I'm ever going to take for granted that just sitting in a pub and having a beer and having a chat again, which I think is. I think everyone, will, you know, I think everyone feels the same, don't they? But I will never take that for granted again. I don't think just spending time with people and catching up.
1: I, there's definitely going to be a shift in perspective, following on from this. I think there's going to be a lot, a lot more seizing the day. You know, let's do that thing rather than just talking about it. Um, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 both interesting and terrifying at the same time. So I, I cannot wait to be stood on top of a mountain. Doing my back binding up
0: and ready to drop in, just and just. I always stand there now because I don't get to go snowboarding often anymore. Um, and just kind of take a breath at the top once I've clipped in, and just everything's quiet. Look at what
1: you can see, listen to what you can hear, and ah, okay. <laughs> go. That, that segues quite nicely into how we know each other. Oh, so yeah, we yeah. we met each other through skateboarding and snowboarding. And I would say I was probably maybe 17 when we met properly. What year would that be? Oh, no, you're asking. I'm 38, so 17. <laughs> do let me do math. <laughs> <laughs> 17, I'd say, probably looking around 2000, 2001, I would, uh, guess.
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's that's about right. It was the, um, I guess we were all shop rats, weren't we? Around the snowboard shop and skateboard shops in, in Tamar. Yeah.
1: yeah, so... First time I met you, Andy Mo brought me round to your house, and you were playing electric guitar, very loud, very loud, and soloing all over the place. Didn't say hello; just concentrating on what you were doing um, <laughs> as I was led into the house. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. And then yeah, through sort of skateboarding and snowboarding in, in the town where we both kind of grew up. Uh, and then been from friends ever since yeah it's crazy how that time's flown as well it's like
0: it's bonkers like I did my first football season when I was 17 in 97 um, and I, I still remember everything about you know where I lived and what we got up to and where I worked and, and it's bonkers it's like 20 plus years ago yeah. Since <laughs> I'm 40 this year so I'm becoming a bit wistful um, as I get towards that birthday, I think, and just looking back and thinking, "Whoa,
1: done quite a bit, really." Yeah, but music's always been a massive part of your life, from from, yeah. from my point of view. So, I didn't know this when I first met you, but when I first met you, you were all over, you were soloing all over uh, guitar, and then later on, I found out that you were also quite good at piano when you were younger. Yeah, I
0: was basically forced to take piano lessons. Uh, by my by mum my especially. She really wanted me to learn when I was a kid. And do you know something? I'm so glad she did because it gave me such a good musical foundation. I've been able to read music and, you know, knowing how to build chords and, and put sounds together. Uh, but from there, I kind of lost interest with it for a while and just um, then I found my mum's old acoustic guitar. Here it is in the loft. This is a Hondo two that was given to her in the '60s, I think. Right, um, and it still plays real good. I've had a pickup foot in it, and um, it's still got a great tone. So, I, I, I mean, I don't play it as much as my Martin that I've
1: got, but I, you know, still play it a lot. And then, but you're you're the kind of guy who once w- once you latch onto something, you get obsessed with it. Yeah, I'm a little bit like that. So later on your attention went to turntables and records yeah uh, and I remember you doing a lot of scratching and sort of hip hop stuff but you, your musical taste got a lot broader when you started buying vinyl
0: yeah well I was always it was funny isn't it because you, you kind of get influenced with I hate this word but the scene that you're in mm-hmm. um, so I grew up watching a lot of skate and snowball videos so they're kind of soundtracks have kind of always been in the background with stuff because when we used to watch, I don't know, like the, the latest 411 um, video magazine, wasn't it? 411VM, and you'd get you'd get the tape and you'd put it in and and you'd watch it over and over again until the tape burnt out and you'd get to know the songs in the background or if it threw snow it, would be the, the MacDawg films, uh, MacDawg films that would uh, kind of really, really influence my musical taste, so a lot of punk rock. Um, hence playing the guitar and then I think as it progressed there was more and more hip hop started to kind of creep in there Um, I guess around I guess it would be around 99, 2000 I'm trying to think of snowboard films now from then like True Life maybe Mm -hmm. that's like more of a hip hop influence Um, I bought my turntables from the States when I was doing a season in Bale, Colorado I think it was my third season or fourth season out there so about 2000, 2001 I had to <laughs> try and get them
1: home. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing I ever did, but they're still here. I'm sat in the room with them right now. That's, it, that's uh, a typical act now. Think about the consequences later, Thompson.
0: That just sums me up, basically, doesn't it? Yeah, just worry about it later. And I remember getting to the airport, coming home from that season, uh, and the girl that was checking me in, she was like, oh, um, yeah, there's going to be an extra carriage charge for that like $350. And I was like, is that not any money? And she's like, Okay, tap, 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 tap. oh, it's going to be a hundred and twenty dollars. I'm like, I don't have any money. She's like, do you know what? Just this once, i slide. <laughs> and then they got lost for like a month. Oh. So she probably, she probably put it on the plane to like China or something, just to piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But they made it, and then yeah, they're still going strong. They, you know, tactics decks—they never die. Do they? They just keep on ticking. But you're right, yeah. But got, once I got once I got my head into 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 turntablism, I would just spend all of my hours trying to beat, juggle and scratch. And uh, I think like, even mixing songs came way later. I didn't care. I would just smash songs together and, and scratch and beat juggle and um, and do probably you know the worst cuts. And then uh, I guess it was around 2001, 2002, maybe a touch before that, I don't know, but I kind of found drum and bass. Um, so my friend Eddie Yates would take me to drum and bass nights in Birmingham when I was back home from the seasons. And we'd spend, you know, all-nighters in these raves, um, and the music kind of got to me. So now quite a lot of my record collection, probably probably a good few hundred records, is kind of late 90s, early noughties drum and bass that I <laughs> don't really listen to anymore. Um, or not as much as, uh, as I should, I guess. But every now and again, I'll kind of flip the turntables on and annoy the neighbors for an hour when I just smashed together some um, some and Bass songs. Lovely. So, who's your first track by? Um, so, first track's by the Beastie Boys, um, who have been a massive influence in my life. Um, the album that this track is from, from um, Ill Communication, was, I think, one of the first ever hip hop CDs that I bought in the early 90s. And it was, it's funny because I think, I can't remember which I bought first, whether it was Cypress Hill Black Sunday or this, but um, I think having listened to Cyp- I think it was the second album I bought. So Cypress Hill Black Sunday, because um, because you could hear the, the lyrics on it, um, I kind of really got into it and started learning all the all the words and and trying to rap along as you do when you you know, a scrawny little white kid. And then I think the next week I bought Ill Communication. It looked really cool. I didn't really know much about them, um, and I hated it at first. I was like, all of the all of the vocals are like shouted through a megaphone. They're all distorted and real crunchy. And um, that that album grew on me, and it's it's absolutely my favourite album of all time. I I, I love it. And it, you know something? I didn't want to buy it on vinyl um, until I could afford. Cause I missed it. I missed it when it came out um until i could afford the um the limited edition gatefold on green transparent uh wax but um i was just like when one of these things came up on facebook recently 10 10 favorite albums i was like i'm just gonna do all hip-hop and i'm gonna do it on records i own and as i was getting to like number eight i was like oh i think i think i need to buy it so i bought a repress of it um just just to get me through um but yeah I, i think it it's it's an incredible album and it's massively influenced my taste in music and now i'm kind of slowly going through and all the beastie boys um records that i don't have so i've got i've got all the albums but i'm starting to collect all the singles and the weird abstract 10 inches or uh cookie puss their first ever record i've got a copy of that um it's it's incredible yeah what what a group and um i mean what a time to be having this discussion as well because i'm not sure if you've seen the um the Beastie Boys documentary, yeah.
1: I'm not I'm not seeing it yet. Is it, is it on Apple TV at the minute?
0: Yeah, it's on Apple TV. But I, I'd recommend you watching it. Um, I, I mean, I'm i I'm a I'm a I'm a big burly, nearly 40 year old man, and when they talk about um, losing MCA, um, I was well enough, you know. Yeah. But that group meant so much to me. I'm so glad that I've seen them live a couple of times and actually managed to to, to witness the, the energy that those guys can put out. Um, obviously this is audio only but I've got, a, I've got a photo of my wall from the Beastie Boys book taken by Ricky Powell but, um as soon as I got the book I, this photo is just it just defines the Beastie Boys to me they're all, <laughs> they're all in the air jumping at the start of whatever song it is and he's just captured that moment it's a little bit blurry a little bit out of focus um, from their license uh, was it from the license Dual Tour? yeah in 1987 so he's, he signed and dedicated that to me, and I've got it up on the wall. And it just, it's such an inspiring photo to look at it's just it's just them. It's so much, just captures so much energy. It's amazing. All right, so this track is? This track is Get It Together by the Beastie Boys. Gonna get it together. Watch, Watch it. it. Gonna get it together. My bell. Like my bell. I got the ill communication. My bell. 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 Ah, 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 Keep it on and on
1: All right. So, moving on from the Beastie Boys. Who's the next trap by? the next track is by Sublime
0: so when did I first hear it when did I first hear a Sublime song <sighs> it definitely would have been in America it definitely would have been in my first in fact it was my first season so I lived we went out like all friends from Tamworth uh, and at the surrounding areas to, to go do our snowboard season and um, for some reason the, what, there was just an odd number of us so everyone else got paired off into their apartments and I got landed with a guy that i never met before called uh, Rob Leslie um, from New York he was a big dude and he was he, he was there for the chefing rather than the snowboarding as like chef experience <laughs> which I couldn't get my head around I was like a, a career what I'm just here to snowboard I don't, I, I don't give a crap about cooking <laughs> but he was you know he was really into that um, and he had um, an old um, serious would it be series one, series two? I think it was Mark two Ford Bronco, um, and it had like the, the the plastic top on it that you could pop off and make it like into a, a convertible Jeep. And he had these two big twelve-inch subs in the back and a big amp. And that thing, it, the bass on that truck, honestly, used to rattle the windows. <laughs> it was unreal. And he used to play Sublime tunes all the time. So that was um, so he really influenced me. Um, Yeah, it got me into Sublime. Um, And then I think it was just... Those CDs, I can't even remember what order I got them in, but um, the Sublime, Sublime, and then 40 ounces to freedom. I just know them, and I can't remember how I ingested them, but um, I just know them start to finish. Every every guitar chord, every lyric, they're all just in my head. And as soon as this song comes on, I, I have to stop what I'm doing. And sing the song from start to finish. <laughs> um, like,
1: yeah. I was aware of Sublime back when we were younger, but I never really listened to a whole album, Back to Front. And like, I'd I've had like video games where Sublime was on the soundtrack, so I'd always like sort of sort of absorb that song or whatever. But I forgot how um, suggestive. This this track is in places as I was playing it this morning in my garden with my oh, three year old walking around, <laughs> and went oh oh no there's there's samples of pornographic material in this song. Uh, I
0: know I wish there wasn't because, I mean I love this song. It's got so much energy and I actually like um, the ball and chain song that it cut, that it cuts into. Because um, it's they've kind of mashed two songs together. They must have just recorded it all in one go, uh, and it's it's there together on the album as, as like a, a double song, if you like. But it's so good, it's so good. And the, and like I'm gutted that I never saw Bradley Noel play with them because, I mean, he's he is Sublime. So I saw a couple of years after he died, the Long Beach Double Stars, which is what Sublime turned into. All the other members, they came and played the. Uh, the, is it the Dobson Ice Arena in Vail? It's the ice skating rink and they'd basically ply out over the ice and that's where they'd have concerts. And it was awesome to see the band and how tight they were But and they had guest, guest vocalists and stuff but Bradley, like, Bradley Noel was sublime in my eyes the same as Kurt Cobain was Nirvana and you, yeah. you, you, can, you can you can imitate it but you never replace that. He was, the, he was the energy. So, um, yeah, this song is an absolute belter. I, I mean, I challenge you not to dance around when you listen to it, it's impossible. All right, so this is? This song is called 5446 That's My Number slash Ball and Chain.
1: Spliing out the way. Who are we listening to next? So, <laughs> this track
0: um, is a track that it's funny, isn't it? Like when you when you get into music, you kind of you get influenced by different people and um, and you kind of pick up these snippets of things that other people are, are into. And if you like them, you think, well, why does that person like that song? And then they explain it to you, or you listen to it and you watch the joy that it gives them, and, and you kind of take some of that on. Um, with 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 this track by Lagwagon, one of my all time favourite punk bands, and um, I can't remember when I first started to listen to them. Really, I guess it would have been that skate snowboard video influence from when I was a kid. But it's funny as you as you listen to music, it, 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 as you get older as well, it starts to take on different shapes and different meanings. And this is a song that I've been uh, that I've been playing an acoustic version to my daughter Tilly, like in the bath or if we're playing outside or I'm just sitting in my hammock, I'll be playing the guitar and singing a song to her. And I think think after I lost a friend a couple of years ago, this, it's just taken on a whole different meaning. It's more, I've got more emotional ties with it now. But it's, um, and if you listen to the lyrics, you can kind of understand why. But um, I mean, I could listen to the album that this is from start to finish again. On, on a car journey or whatever, and just, I won't skip a single track. And if the tracks aren't in that order, I can't listen to them. <laughs> I, can, I can listen to one song, and then leave it and listen to something else, but I can't listen to a couple in a row. I need that I need that flow, and that's a sign of a killer album, isn't it, when you just yeah. want to listen to it from start to finish and not skip a single, single, single second. All right, so this is? This is Leave the Light On by Lagwagon from Let's Talk About Feelings.
1: So, that's Lag Wagon. Who's next on the list?
0: Next against the list is, a, again, a, a record that I didn't own on vinyl, and then I started to watch everyone else's, um, oh, this is 10 albums that influenced me. And I was like, why don't I own this record? I love it. Uh, and it's um, Reg the the Machine record, their first album. And I mean, do you, do you remember listening to this album for the first time when you were a kid? Yeah, so like,
1: I used to knock around with a lot of the little metal kids when I was younger, and I remember going to the jailhouse, which was the grotty little rock pub (laughs) in our town, and whenever Killing in the Name Of came on, that was a... So that was the point that would re- that would like if people weren't up and dancing at that point, that was the thing that would turn it in the back room and people would get up and start kind of moshing to what the DJ was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, like that was my introduction to Rage Against the Machine, uh, and I didn't own that first album for for a long while after that. I knew tracks, and then got used on like the Matrix soundtrack and stuff like that. Was it on the Matrix soundtrack? Yeah, it's like the, the 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 last track, the the last song played uh, in the in the final scene that goes into the credits as a, a Rage Against Machine track. Do you know something? I, I, I don't even recall that. That's funny.
0: But um, I, I mean these guys, when I first listened to them, I think it I think it just absolutely blew my mind. It was like a someone that was so anti-establishment and so, I mean again, just the energy in that whole album. And the, the passion in it, it's its hard not to get completely sucked in by, by every song they've ever done, really. Because yeah. the album especially, is it, it's unreal. The message they're trying to convey uh, and the energy that they convey it with, it's just unreal. And it's, like you say, it's one of those songs that if you've got a room full of people and you put it on, you know, you just turn the lid off, don't you, basically? <laughs>
1: Yeah, my, uh, I actually had Evil Empire before I had the first album and although I loved tracks from it, I couldn't listen to it all in one sitting. I don't know if it was just, maybe there wasn't enough contrast, it was just all the same energy pl- ploughing through. Yeah, um, yeah, I know But the, the first album, you know, that's not a problem, it's not even an issue. And then when the Battle for Los Angeles came out, that just... Like I, I, I think that's that's probably one of the most listenable records that they've got.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll ever capture that same impact and energy that the first album had, though. Um, there's, <laughs> I watched a YouTube video of a, of, a, of, a, of a young YouTuber who, I guess he's like, I don't know, late teens, early 20s in America. And what he does is um, he's just trying to build his influences and listen to different stuff. So he has people say, oh, I need to listen to this album. And uh, someone said to him, if you've not listened to Rage Against the Machine, you need to listen to this album. So we recorded it and put it on YouTube of him listening to Rage Against the Machine for the first time. And he chose to listen to it in his car. So he's got a couple of GoPros or whatever set up in his car. And he's in traffic, and you can see him kind of start to bop as it's coming on. He's like... Oh, shit. <laughs> and you can tell that he just wants to drive like a nutcase, but he's stuck in traffic and he's just, he's going mad, his arms are like, flying in the air. He's rocking back and forward in his seat and like banging on the steering wheel. And like, can you imagine listening to that album like for the first time with fresh ears? And it just like, for me, absolutely like, captures um, that feeling that I had when I was a kid when I first listened to it. And it, oh, it still remains, I, I, I pulled that out, got it over there. Because um, I hadn't got it on wax, I was like, Yes, I'm going to find a copy of it. And the originals aren't that much. Um, so I got a copy of it. And as soon as it came through, I was like, Tilly, come and listen to this. <laughs> Bang, we're dancing around. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, what what an album. So this track is? This track is Know Your Enemy. All of which are American dreams. All of
1: which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American dreams, all of which are American okay, dreams. Okay, so who are we listening to now? So, uh,
0: yeah, switched it up for this one. Um, and this is uh track by Kings of Leon. Now, as I was growing up, most of my schoolmates, um, well, a, a lot of them were into... Uh, into skating and snowboarding. I was, and I'm still lucky to have that kind of like the, my, my school friends that I grew up with that uh, had the same interests. They were all still pretty tight. But there was a kind of other set of friends that sat slightly outside of that, the, 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 the skateboard, the snowboard people that I'm still really tight with. And they were, of course, into uh, into indie. So um, I was going through high school, I think in the early nineties when uh, Oasis and Blur, came out and had a real kind of influence on um, my musical taste and the music that I still listen to a lot these days is, is, is indie music. But Kings of Leon, um, for me, having my mate uh, Bear say to me I'll come and see Kings of Leon, and I listened to the album and I was like, oh, that's all right. And we drove over to uh, to Wolverhampton to the Warfront. No, it was the Civic, it was the Civic, the slightly bigger venue in Wolverhampton. And it was the indie equivalent of going to those punk shows that I used to go to when I was a little bit younger. The energy, the mosh pit, um, and if you listen to um, what what year was it? I think I'm trying to think of the year now. It was the year that Youth and Young Manhood came out. It was like their first tour in the UK. But they were really raw, um, had a really raw sound. They weren't overproduced like their later albums were. And it was and the energy in that room again was just incredible but this this tune is um it's a little bit slower but it reminds me of um you know hanging out with those kind of mates and whether it was um we used to listen to these kind of songs like this and the the, the tracking question and uh, milk and songs like that maybe after we'd got home from a bit of a hectic night out in tamworth and we'd all sit down and chill out for a couple of hours and have a catch-up uh, about the evening and just a catch up in general um, and these, this song reminds me of kind of those times. All right, so this is. This is Tranny by Kings of Leon.
1: next track I'm just going to go straight in your next track is by Foles yeah right and I will go on record saying that I don't have a lot of time for Foles the, oh the, the, the reason being when because this is the, from their first record right this is, uh yeah right no no uh what? Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. Right. <laughs> from antidotes. yeah. So, Baldy, our mutual friend, played this record to death in the shop where we worked. And I found the vocals to be a little bit whiny. Yeah. So, like, the, the, the fact that it, it, it didn't strike me straight away and the fact that it was played so much by everyone else in the store just made me hate it more you know something it's funny but
0: so i met my wife anna through through voldy our mutual friend and she actually bought that album to me and she's like you've got to listen to this it's amazing and i was like Ehh. and i listened to it and to be honest i wasn't that impressed and i've got over there in one of my vinyl shelves every record folds i've ever done the box sets for most of them as well um, I don't really play them that often but I challenge you and this is like a, I've never really I've never really seen a band like this before you listen to their album and yeah some of the songs are energetic but it's it's, it's quite like well, no I'm not, I don't want to be horrible and say generic indie but it's quite it's quite indie-ish and you know and doesn't seem to have doesn't seem to jump out at you um and Anna said let's go see them and I went to see them and it was pretty much like I just said about <laughs> Kings of Leon they absolutely tear the lid off a live show as in you know a singer Yanis climbs up shit and jumps into the crowd and it's like an old punk rock show and yeah, they are a little bit more uh, indie, whiny singer, if you <laughs> if you want to say that, Mikey. But I, I challenge anyone to see them in, a live, um, in, in a, a live show and not absolutely love them. I've seen them, I think, more than any other band live now. I've, well, I had tickets to see two of their shows this year and those are both out the window. Um, I think last year we saw them Twice there was one year we saw him on a tour three times um, and two nights, one after the other we saw him in Stoke. Then we saw him in um, saw him in Stoke. And then we saw him in Manchester. I think Or was it smaller? I think it was Stoke and Manchester. But I caught Giannis on at both shows. So he, the first show he climbed up um, climbed up a speaker stack and uh, or no a balcony and jumped and I fully caught him. <laughs> from hitting the floor and he like got off me and patted me on the back and walked off um, and the next night we watched him in Manchester and I caught him again and he gave me that look of like you again <laughs> 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 which is pretty funny um, but those guys that, yeah they, they absolutely give their all um, their musicality I love the way that they put songs together and I love the, the way that their songs build um and yeah, I, I, honestly, if you if you don't like this band, I challenge you to go and see them uh, live and, and walk out of there not singing their songs. And-
1: yeah, I mean, there's an element of me being stubborn about it. Like, I remember hearing a track of one of their <laughs> later albums on the radio, and going, oh, who's that by? And then when I heard it, when I figured out it was them, I was just like, no. Nope. Like, I was, oh, I was almost like steadfast and just like, nope, not doing it just because Bald was ramming them down my throat at the time. And I can't, I can't take anything away from the, like, the musicality. Like, I can tell they're all amazing musicians because it, it's really well put together music. I just can't stand the vocal on that first album. Well, I would, I would say
0: if... Because um, obviously we're in lockdown at the moment um, and you can't go see any live music, which is killing me. I've missed... What have I missed so far? I've missed Beirut, I've missed The Who. Radiohead's not looking good but oh tom york sorry um i've missed jest who's one of my favorite uk hip-hop artists um and there's probably still more that i'm going to miss later in the year so but what i would say is one of what i think one of the <laughs> antidotes in no, the name of the album uh, i think one of the antidotes to all of this is to get on youtube or wherever else other streaming sites are available and watch and listen to live music it's so good I watched uh, a whole well I didn't watch the whole thing but I watched about four or five live wagon songs the other day with Tills and I was like look and she was like jumping up and down and I can't wait to take her to shows like that you know so Foles have got a pretty good documentary that I've forgotten the name of now of course but the, the snippets that you get in that of their live shows show you how much energy they perform with and how much they absolutely give everything at every show so I'd, I highly recommend watching it All right, so this is? This track is Two Steps Twice.
1: All right, so moving on from Falls, Swiftly. Who's our next track back? Uh, the next next track's by new bomb
0: turks now this is um i don't think i've ever listened to any of their other songs <laughs> so this is a real kind of plucked it out and dropped it in this list because um well basically it's i think i think it's from simple Pleasures, and i'm pretty sure it's uh, peter lines section song from that snowboard film right um And it's one of those songs that's been with me since... When did that film come out? 97, 98? I don't know. But way back then. And it still gets me out, every time I listen to it. And it still makes me want to go snowboarding, And it still makes me want to drive faster than I should. It's an absolute gem of a song. And like I say, I don't know... I I couldn't name you another song by that band. But this song on its own just, yeah, just like I say, fully gets me out.
1: There's, There's like a Pavlovian response when you associate a good piece of music I love a good pavlova <laughs> fucking hell with <laughs> a pastime that you love so like a, you know music and skateboarding or music and snowboarding like I can hear certain tracks and it makes me want to go and skate yeah oh yeah yeah definitely Right, so, so, this, so. Would have been on, this track would have firmly been on my
0: mini disc player or my or my walkman that I had before that where I used to make myself little tapes um, and I think I even plugged a tape deck into my uh, my video recorder, my VHS player, and recorded the soundtrack out of some of those skate and snowboard films onto, onto, onto tape or onto mini-discs.
1: Because that's just what like. you had to do. Because like you, you, you couldn't just go and, and find it like ripped from the internet or whatever. Like no. if you really wanted that song, the only way was to record it straight out of a VHS so many times in my life I'd have listened to
0: a song and I might have even known the artist or known the name of the song and you can't you couldn't find it yeah. if your, music, your local music shop didn't have it they have a little look on their clanky computer clank, 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 clank oh no, I can't find anything by that artist because maybe they didn't have that whole record label in their, in their collection of music they could buy from yeah. and, and, and I think especially back then um like living in Tamworth we had a HMV and like HMV's not known for being <laughs> very kind of broad with their options. It's all like chart music or like the Beatles or Elvis or whatever. There'd been nothing really geared towards us. Even though to be fair to them, I did um I, I did purchase the aforementioned Sorry of Black Sunday and uh, Beastie Boys uh Ill Communication from there. But when it comes to when it comes to kind of like niche Californian punk bands, um, I, I don't think you'd be getting much luck. It wasn't until I moved to Vale, and there was a little independent um, CD shop, music shop in um, in Beaver Creek. I can't remember the name of the of the music shop now. Probably not there anymore because this was like late 90s. But yeah, all of my CDs basically came from there, and they actually had stuff because. the people that would frequent that shop actually had more kind of niche stuff like that um but uh but yeah it's funny the way we consume music now it's just completely changed and it's made me like you ever like if someone gives you their spotify and says put a song on and it's like yeah i love loads of music i'll put play me a song brain goes blank and i forget every song i've ever listened to in my life (laughs) yeah
1: absolutely but like i mean i I, I've, i've said this on another episode just recently, that the whole reason I bought a turntable was because it puts me in a position to listen to an album as it was intended from start to finish. Yeah. Rather than, oh, I'll skip that, I want to play that now. Skip that, I want to play that now.
0: Which is, oddly enough,
1: the opposite
0: reason for why I bought a turntable.
1: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'd play 30 seconds of a song
0: and then smash another track into it.
1: <laughs> well, you know, different strokes. So this track is? This track is Jukebox Lane.
0: Turn it up. <laughs> All right, now,
1: who's your next track boy?
0: Next track is by, um, I guess you'd call them a German techno outfit. Mode selector. Now these guys, I don't know if you saw their, um, their lockdown stream that they did recently, but it's definitely worth checking out. It's funny. During lockdown, I've been trying to catch live music, and live shows, or re-watch them if they're, if they're, if they're recorded and are lucky enough to on YouTube or whatever. But, um, this guy set, they played at like midday on a Saturday or something. And they had their apartment that they obviously live in or house or whatever, in this huge square room with blinds shut and the curtains drawn. And they had a few uh, strategically placed monitors and TVs around the room. They've done a full visual show from their, obviously taken from their live show. And all of their kit, I mean, analog synths, sequencers, drum machines, turntables. Since you name it, it was like wall to wall music, gear, porn, and they just unleashed this live of- <laughs> for like an hour and a half, two hours, however long it was, and just absolutely smashed it. It was really good; definitely worth checking out. Maybe we can grab the link and put it in, put it in there. Um, but this song in particular, um, I've never really heard of Mode Selector until, again, our mutual friend Baldy, um, who's um, I kind of grew up skating, snowboarding with um, with you as well, Mikey. Um, he's got um, pretty wild music taste from kind of old now, na- old 90s house music through to kind of ambient electronica, Apex Twin, Boards of Canada, Cold Cut, Prefuse 73, um, and uh, Radioactive Man, Rotter's Golf Club, like all of those kind of, um, it's, it's easy for me to name stuff because I'm sat uh, amongst all my records, by the way, so uh, my memory normally isn't that good. Funk, on and stuff like that, and he would play me this stuff, um, and it would slowly influence me, and and now I've got <laughs> loads of Walk records and loads of um, Tipper and 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 stuff like that, uh, you know, albums like that, um, and he's obviously just got inside my head, and now I, you know, my musical taste is so broad. Um that when the that Mode Selector um album came out, Monkey Town, um I bought it and kind of oh, first couple of tracks I didn't didn't really like didn't wasn't really turned on to it at first. Then this tune drops on the album and it is oh, how do I even describe it? It's like hip hop, electro and techno had a baby. Um <laughs> and it's I mean You won't hear another another tune like this, I don't think. Um, The MC on it, Bus Driver, is um, you know he's really kind of out there with his. He does when he does live sets, he has like guitar loop pedals and um, a chaos pad and mashes all of his vocals up live, Uh, and that is kind of incorporated into the song. Um, And it's just one of those songs that I mean, holy shit, you put it on in the car and the volume just goes up automatically on its own I don't even touch it <laughs> it just goes up <laughs> it's an absolute banger all right so this is this is pretentious friends for a mode selector
1: <laughs> All right, so, following on Promote Selector, who are we listening to now? Well, wow.
0: so the next artist is Le Orange, um, and he is crept in there as, I think, my favourite current hip-hop producer, which, I mean, I'm hoping is quite a compliment, because I do listen to a lot of hip-hop. Um, and he's got this style of making beats that... I, <laughs> I don't know. I would love to watch like a, a YouTube video on him sitting in the studio, of how he chops his samples and arranges stuff. Um, the beat's quite often wrong foot yeah. so you get a sample that's maybe a three bar sample, but it's got like a four bar loop. But then the snares and the kicks move out and in of time, and it just jumps around, but it works. Um, this track in particular uh, features gifted gab. Who is uh, one half of one of my other favourite duos in hip hop, uh The other one being Lateef. In fact, no, I'm lying. Oh my god, I am lying. Gift of Gab does a lot of stuff with Black Blackalicious. Forgive me. Um, this MC though, it's he. <laughs> well, this track in itself is it's a really raw kind of hip hop beat. Um, that he did I think with Jeremiah J um, who I'd also recommend you checking out um, but Gift Gab's vocals over the top just absolutely make it um, and this track had just came out the album had just come out um, just before Anna turned 40 a couple of years ago and um, I surprised surprised uh, we flew to New York with some friends and my, my brother and, uh, and his uh, wife came over from California to meet us and our other friends came down from Canada to meet us and we had like uh eight of us there in this like cool apartment in new york for a week just hanging out and this song would get played almost every day because it just it's just a belter it's an absolute belter all right so this is this is all i need with it hitting in the twitches, so you'll never get to Jay. He is busy with his feet of eating eloquence who play See the temperament we represents irrelevant, okay? And it's hella been this way for the elements to change. Physical revolt, no more talking and telling them to change. This is war.
1: Alright. So following on from Le Orange, uh, we find ourselves at your final track. So who's this by? I couldn't not put this in even though there's
0: so many other tracks that I would like to play um, but this is a song that most of my close friends will have heard me rap when I get as is being coined uh, by one of my friends MC drunk which is <laughs> drunk for me to think that I can rap which is a considerable amount of drunk <laughs> Uh it's a track by Jest, um who has been one of my UK hip hop musical influences since way way back. Um I think one of the first albums I heard him on was uh Birofunk by Jest. Uh, uh Birofunk by, by um by Braintax, which is an epic album. Um but it's funny through a through a connection of friends, um she knows someone that knows someone that knows Jess, which is weird. So one of one of the producers he works with actually lived with lived with our friend Orchard in London. Um which is weird. So I kind of yeah I remember Chris ringing me up one day at Orchard and saying, uh Jess's in my flat and I was like, What? <laughs> Why do I live in Manchester? I wanna come round. And then you go around and hang out with them, um which is cool. Um, but earlier this year was, or was it late last year did a tour um, and played up in Manchester and he had a four or five piece band, live band behind him <laughs> it was amazing it was so good to see and like, that's, just, that's, just, that's the thing I like especially about um, British hip hop whether it's um, you know Mouse Outfit or Dr Syntax or any of the guys that are up here um in Manchester or you know from other towns around the country is that they, they do switch it up and they've got a lot of talent and actually some of the some of the smaller hip-hop live shows I've been to over the past few years with my mate Pete and um uh, and Crosh that we uh, that we go out to a lot of gigs uh, a lot of hip-hop gigs together they've just been amazing I mean I saw uh, I saw della Soul play um in manchester at the albert hall and mouse outfit supported them with a with a like an eight piece band or something they were they were better than de la soul live they were yep. so tight they were incredible and i went over to the merch stand and bought every album on wax that mouse outfit had ever uh,
1: that, that they had there which i think was three albums were you there at that gig were you there with me no so the de la soul gig that i went to with you you got some sort of stomach bug, and I believe Jest was on. No the- I missed it that night, yeah, and, and I, I had to I had to send myself home. So, so it was you, me, and Coy, right? And this tells you the difference between me and Koi, uh, because you, you like you fought it. You were trying to stick it out. You got some sort of stomach bug, and you tried to stay as long as you could. And then you turned to us like, "I'm gonna have to go home." And Coy went, "Well, if you're going home, we're all going home." And I went, "What?" I <laughs> so that. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, so it was gone. in... Um, where was it now? It was, um... Warehouse Project. It was a Warehouse Project, and it was in... When they had it in the... um Was it Bonington's Brewery that had it in? Yep, that's right. In strange ways, yeah. Mate, I was so gutted that we missed Jess that night. Um Well, you know how much I love him, so I was so... I think, I think that would have been one of the first times I would have seen him, so I would have been so gutted to have missed it. But, nah, yeah, it was feeling rough that night, unfortunately. You were in bad Upside for you and Coy, you didn't get to hear me rap along to this track,
1: which is for... <laughs> 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 no, which is, which is Citizen Smith by Jess. Amazing. Well, look, man, um, we talk on the regular anyway, but uh, I'm really, really glad you, you did this um, because you're one of my favourite people to talk music with. So oh, thanks, dude. Appreciate that. Thank you
0: for coming. To on. Me, I, I, I love doing stuff like this because it actually it makes me reminisce about stuff and like music we take for granted because it's always there, right? Turn on Spotify or Apple Music or Tidal or whatever. Tap, tap, tap. You can get any song that you want to, really. Uh, and it actually makes me appreciate it a lot more when you actually, you know, you actually put some thought into when you first heard something, what the situation was. Uh, and what it means to you and because music especially you know you put on a song and it triggers a memory you know it's very how did you, how did you term it before? Ablobion indeed yeah so yeah it's been good it's been a good experience thanks for having me mate I've
1: lost the laughed the loudest darkest the darkest cloud is looming over haunted houses you'd have never stepped out if you thought about it no doubt your outlook's bleak as the weather forecast when the storm starts I'm on a warpath so that concludes this week's episode and i hope you understand why i didn't want to re-record that but basically this is what happened usually when i record an episode i have one audio track with my voice and another audio track with the guest and both of those files were corrupted but there's a backup file that comes out of zoom that is the combined audio but Obviously, I wasn't using my own microphone back then. We're both sat in slightly echoey rooms. So what I had to do is chop up that file into separate audio tracks so that I could EQ Thompson's voice to make it sound as nice as possible and my voice to make it sound as nice as possible. And this is the best I could come up with. And this is right in the middle of a two-week low ebb where I was feeling generally crap about myself, about the world, having a bad case of imposter syndrome and questioning whether anyone cares. And this is not what the end section of this podcast is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be this dear diary section where I tell you about my feelings, but uh, I'm just going to be honest. Like, I was feeling really shit and there's no one thing that i can pinpoint that on and like i said in the intro i think this is something that we are all experiencing at the moment where we're feeling upbeat for a period of time and feeling like we can tackle this and we've got this and going through low periods where you feel like what's the fucking point And the truth of the matter is that this podcast has been my main creative output for the last year and for that I am so grateful to everyone who listens. But that has brought with it a level of expectation and obligation that I I completely put on myself to release episodes of a certain standard and maintain the social media presence to promote each episode. And It's an unrealistic expectation to level on yourself, because the reality is that a lot of the podcasts that do all the stuff that I'm trying to keep up with have a team of people that do that shit. It's not just one person. So I've had a bit of a word with myself, I'm going to cut myself a little bit of slack, but I'm going to carry on releasing episodes regardless. Don't worry, I am not going anywhere, I just needed some time to be a miserable shit, but I'm getting better. Now, as always, we've kept the music discussed played below the conversation because I believe that all musicians should be paid for what they do. But if you want to listen to Thompson's mixtape in full, you can find it on Apple Music or Spotify by clicking the link in the show notes. But for now, I will see you next week for another episode of Mixtapes with Mike.